Hi, everybody. Masichet Pesachim, Kaf Dalid, 24. Uh, very nice stuff. We are uh, trying to figure out a source for prohibiting a, a benefit of chametz. That's how we got this all off. The Mishnah said that, so we know that um, chametz you cannot benefit from, you can't sell it, you can't use it, but we don't have a source for this. So, so far we've been using one strategy, which is to look at um, grammar and the words, lo uh, ye'achel, um, other prohibitions say lo tochelu and things like that. And so we went through the concordance and tried to figure out, does this mean um, only eating in some forms? Does it mean also not getting benefit from it? And uh, we found a couple of different strategies. Maybe all the verbs mean that, maybe only uh, the uh, passive verb. And we worked through all those examples. But today we're going to use a completely different strategy. Uh, right now we're um, following a student of the Yoshua Ben Levi. And he is, has rejected all those strategies. He said, no, eating, lo yachel, just means eating in all its forms. And don't tell, don't bring me nevela uh, and terefa because those, it says that you can give it to a goy, you can give it to a dog. I need those pisukim for the context themselves to tell me how to give it to, to the stranger and to the non-Jew. And I need to um, tell me something about the terefa itself. And so um, the chulin, uh, so I need all those for their context. I can't learn it from there. So instead, we're going to be introduced today to a new strategy. Um, it's called im eno inyan. If the we're going to look at pesukim from different contexts and transport them to this context. Uh, the way it works, I'll give you an analogy. Uh, some years ago, there was a, a crazy archaeologist named Bendel Jones. Uh, he was looking for the lost ark. He died a few years ago and he never found it, needless to say. <laughs> but what was his strategy? He found in, in one of the Dead Sea Scrolls, the Copper Scroll, that it mentioned a, 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 a wadi that uh, could not be identified. And he looked at a map and saw a little stream that had no name. So he said, look, a name without a wadi and a wadi without a name, they must be the same thing. And so he wanted to try to go and dig there. Okay, so that's not a very good strategy for talking about names of little streams. But uh, if you're thinking about a closed system, for example, let's say you have, a, you know, the supers have those rings with 100 keys on it. I don't know how they know which one's which. And you have a building with 100 doors and you know there's, uh, there's one key for every door. Uh, most of them are labeled, but some of them are not labeled or mislabeled. Well, in that case, if you have just one door then that doesn't have a key and one key that is not matched up to a door, then you can presume that it is the same in that closed system. So, so too, the Talmud Bavli assumes a one-to-one -one relationship uh, between laws and sources. We have laws from the Torah Shabal Peh, they're mentioned in the Mishnah. Um, it just says, this is the law. Shor HaNiskal, an ox that gores, has to be killed, um, and you can't get benefit. We know the law, but we don't have a source. And so then when we go through the Pesukim and we find a Pasuk that's not needed for itself, so now we have a source without a law. So when you have that, you can mash them up. And even though that law is in a different place altogether, a different context, we're kind of transporting it over to talk about this law. All right, that's what we're going to that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to see four different strategies. Um, first, it'd be Yosho Ben Levi, uh, learning it from Vav, from an inedible offering. Then it'd be Onatan from leftover meat. Then Abaye is going to go back to A, um, and then the Papa is going to learn it from impure meat. Um, each of the first two will have questions on them, and the Papa will have no questions. That will be successful. 
All right, let's jump right in and see how we get how we get there. So we ask, having rejected all the other uh, the other methodology, Minayin, how do you know that, uh, especially these two examples, Hametz and the ox that the killer ox, how do we know that these two are asur behanaa? Dichtiv, kol chatat asher yuva midama, shen tomad lomar ba'esh tisaref uma tomad lomar ba'esh tisaref. Let's look at the Pesukim so we can understand what this is talking about. Um, so we have in Vayikra Vav is talking about Chatat offerings. And uh, it says, There are two kinds of Chatat. Some are edible, some are inedible. Um, the lower level ones, um, you are, are, they're sprinkled in the Mizbeach outside, the big Mizbeach, um, and those the Kohanim eat within the precincts of the Bet HaMikdash. But there are a few higher level uh, uh, Chatat offerings, like the Chatat of Yom Kippur. Those um, are sprinkled on the Mizbeach HaZahav inside the sanctuary. And those, if it's brought, if the uh, right if that blood is brought in Ohl Moed, then they cannot be in the whole thing has to be burnt. Okay, so that's the special status of these korbanot. Now you notice this Pasuk says, Do not eat it, burn it with fire. That's already a redundancy. If you're gonna burn it with fire, then isn't that obvious that you're not gonna that you're not allowed to eat it? Okay, in fact, we're gonna bring three pisukim. They all have this in common. Uh, so that's the common theme. The next one we're gonna bring says Saraftata Notar Baesh, Loyachel. Burn it, don't eat it. The last one we're gonna bring, Loyachel Baesh Yisaref. Don't eat it, burn it. Okay, so that's the key thing we're, we're looking for here, is that redundancy. But anyway, right now we're not looking at that redundancy, it's gonna come up in C. We're looking at a different uh, source for the redundancy. Over here, it says that this, these, uh, this sin offering, uh, which was sprinkled in the Ol Moed, has to be burnt, and you can't eat it. Now, this, the fact that it has to be burnt, I can derive this from a story that come up, comes up later in Vayikra, very famous story. When um, uh, when Aharon is making is 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 performing the chatat offering, this is on the day of the inauguration of the Mishkan. Um, so the seir hachatat, Moshe is looking for it. He's he's checking it out. Moshe is like the mashkiach on that day to make sure all the kohanim are doing everything correctly, and he finds that this chatat soraf, he soraf. Behold, it was burnt. Now, what's wrong with the, the fact that it was burnt? So let's see. Moshe gets angry at Elazar and Itamar, Bnei Haron, Hanotarim. The other two sons had already died. And uh, so Moshe gets angry. Why doesn't he get angry at Aharon? Uh, Rabbi Sham explains that actually he was angry at Aharon, but he only rebuked the, the sons as to be more indirect out of uh, honor for Aharon. And he tells them, why didn't you eat the chatat? In the sanctuary, it's Kodesh Kadashim, so you have to eat it here, not outside, um, but it was given to you, and by eating it, by consuming it, that's how you make the uh, its atonement efficacious. And here's the key explanation. This, the blood of this chatat was not brought into the, into the Kodesh, inside in the Hechal, into the inner Mizbeach. So since it was not brought inside, 
Therefore, you, you could have and you should have eaten it. You're only allowed, you only need to, are supposed to burn that chatat offering, which is sprinkled inside the betem, inside the hechal, and not um, if it was not. Uh, so there you go. From this story, we can learn that um, the only reason they were supposed to eat is because the blood was not sprinkled inside, right? But Moshe comes and says, hey, the blood was not sprinkled inside in this case, therefore you should not have burnt it, right? So from the opposite, we can learn that if it was sprinkled inside, then you should have burnt it. So there you go. We have a source from this story that um, uh, in that that blood of, uh, that sin offerings that are offered on the Mizbeach inside uh, must be uh, must be burnt. So therefore, this pasuk in Vayikra is extraneous. Okay, we might say that this is the law, and then there's a story, a story about the law. Um, but really, we could learn the law from the story itself. Of course, the answer here uh, to the story is, uh, I don't want to leave it on a cliffhanger, Adon uh, says, on this day when I'm in mourning after I lost my two sons, how can I uh, partake of this meat, which would be a joyous thing? And Moshe says, you know what, you're right. Okay, so so that's the question. Why do we need this? Why do we need to say that this uh, here in, in Pedic Bab that this is burnt when I can already tell it from the story? And so the answer is something. So here's what we say. Since this um is not needed for its context. The current context regarding sin offering, because I already know that. Therefore, use that phrase for other prohibitions that those prohibitions also uh, cannot, uh, you cannot benefit from. Now, what, which, how would I know which prohibitions? There's lots of prohibitions in the Torah. The answer is the ones that you know from the Mishnah, from Torah Shabbat Peh. You know that they are prohibited from a benefit, but you don't know where it's from. So now you can match them up. And so that's what we do. Now, um, over here, over here it said that they cannot be eaten. They must be burnt. So, so we kind of already know it can't be eaten. That's, that's what directly what that pasuk says. Um, but we already know that chabetz cannot, you cannot eat. And shon iskal, you cannot eat. That's what the pasukim say themselves. So if it's not talking about eating, that means you can't derive benefit from it. Now, if you're really learning it as a one-to-one from this, over here it says you should burn it. So does that mean you have to burn Shorhan Iskal? You do burn Chametz, happens to be, but that's said specifically by Chametz, right? So if we're really going to learn this and transfer the entire uh, Pasuk uh, word for word, then it might think, it might think you have to burn other Isurah but we say no. So as all things are prohibited, also you have to burn, and that we should derive that. And this pasuk, since it linked Kodesh to Serefa, only, only Kodesh, only sacrificial things that must be that you can't use have to be burnt and not other things. So it's a partial transfer, right? We have these extra words that, that uh, you should burn this type of sin offering. We don't need to know it because we already know from somewhere else. And as we transfer it over, we transfer over. We don't need to transfer it to tell us that it can't eat um, those Isurim because that says explicitly regarding Chametz and Shorhan Iskal. Instead, we learn that it cannot benefit from it, but we're not, trans- we're not transferring over the specific detail that has to be burnt. 
Okay, so that's uh, that's that's um, number one. Um, however, we're going to reject this this pasuk. Um, are you really going to tell me that this Bakodesh Beishti Saref is coming to teach me these? Actually, I need these words for the current context of sin offering. As Rabbi Shimon taught, Okay, it has to teach me that this chatat offering or sin offering that uh, that you have to burn. I know you have to burn it, but where do you have to burn it? Oh, you have to burn it in the kodesh. You have to burn it on the mizbeach in the kodesh, not burning it outside. And not only this, but also other kodesh kodeshim, the the highest level, um, uh, other chataot and um, other other korbanot, special korbanot that become pasul uh, because they're pigul, whatever, um, or kadashim kalim, lower level uh, sacrifices that could be eaten outside of the Betamigdash in the precincts of Jerusalem, but their insides are have to go on the mizbeach. If those ins- innards, um, the parts that go on the mizbeach, become pasul, uh, then they also have to be burnt in the Betamigdash in the Kodesh. And so the Bishimon derived from these, these extra words here, let's see, it says also vechol, vechol uh, chatat, this vechol, and then skipping over to bakodesh, ba'esh tisaref, so we put these uh, words together, link them, anything that is kodesh, that becomes inedible, becomes pasul, has to, bakodesh ba'esh tisaref, they have to be burnt in the kodesh. Kodesh is a description of where you burn them. And so therefore, these words, ba'esh tisaref, we actually need them for the current context. They're not extra, right? We actually have a, a key for this door. Um, and so um, we cannot use it for uh, other isure hana'a. And so now we're going to go to the next pasuk. But well, we're going to come back to this pasuk in a, in a, in a minute. All right. So stra- uh, um, uh, strategy two, uh, pasuk two. Amale this was all a conversation between a certain student and the Bishimol Ban Nachman. And so Rabbi Nachman is the one that rejected the first one. So then the student says, actually, your own teacher, Rabbi Natan, uh, taught me another derivation. Let's look at it in the, the full pasuk so we can see what it's talking about. Um, so this is from Shemot uh, Kaftet. It's talking about the Miluim, uh, the when they're, they're first consecrating the, the, the priests. And so they have to bring a special, um, a special korban. Um, and so if there's anything left over, you have to consume that sacrifice within a certain amount of time. If there's anything left over, um, the leftover you have to burn with fire and then and don't eat it. And this is redundant in and of itself because if I'm burning the whole thing, I have to burn it, then obviously I'm not allowed to eat it. So what do I need these words? So since they're extra here, so this is a key without a door and we have a door without a key. That's the 
the fact that some things are prohibited like chametz and shor and yiskal. So you know what? I'm going to take these lo yachel and transfer them over to say that they are actually referring to chametz. Okay, very good. So that's his uh, that's his proof. Um, and uh, now, even though we're learning from the words here, right? This lo uh, yachel says don't eat them. Now, what am I going to learn about chametz? Don't eat it. I already know I can't eat chametz. The verses say that explicitly. So um, this is a second uh, second uh, directive uh, that, uh, or a second transfer that not only is it not talking about this context, not even talking about eating, it's actually talking about don't get any benefit from it. So this word does have to mean benefit only because it's redundant if it's talking about eating. Now, uh, now if we take the entire phrase, right, burn it and don't eat it and transfer it over to, to chametz and shor and iskal, then and other, uh, and other items, then that would mean that I have to, anything that I cannot benefit from, I actually have to burn. Now I know chametz have to burn because that has its own pasuk, but we don't assume that regarding other things, even chametz, you don't actually have to burn it where we saw the majority opinion says you can get rid of it in lots of other ways. Now here you see that, especially here, the puts the word notar between v'sadafta and ba'esh. So this is very specific. It's holding back the burning. The burning is for the local context of the leftover meat. The lo yachel, only that we're sending over and saying that's talking about, don't benefit from chametz. Okay, so that is the proof from Rabbi Yonatan. But we reject this too. Is it really coming for to teach you teach you about Isurahana? I need it for the local context. As Rabbi Elazar taught, Amar Rabbi Elazar, Lo Yachel Ki Kodeshu. Kol Sheba Kodesh Pasul Ba Katuvli Ten Lo Taase Al Achilato. Rabbi Elazar taught that this and any anything that's holy. Any um, any sacrificial meat, any holy meat, or 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 holy other things like mincha offering, whatever that becomes pasul, then I, I'm not allowed to eat it, and it's adding a specific prohibition um, uh, on it. I know I said before that well, since I have to burn it, obviously I can't eat it. Yes, yeah, true, it's obvious I can't eat it, but it wouldn't be punishable unless there's a specific negative prohibition. So Sarafta Ba'esh says is a is a is a commandment. You must burn it. What if I do eat it? Then I violate not burning it, but I don't get a punishment for actually eating it if I didn't have these words. So I need lo yachel here to tell me not only did I violate not burning it, I also I get a punishment specifically if I don't if if I do eat it. So I need it for the current context. I cannot use these uh, these lo yachel as a im eno inyan. Okay, so. Um, now Abaye comes to the rescue, hopefully, um, uh, from the first pasuk. I'm going to go back to the original pasuk that you that we brought before. And I'm going to switch it around. Which which one I'm leaving here and which one I'm taking to the, transferring to the to to Isurah Hanaa. So let's see, let's go back to that pasuk, right? This one so was talking about um, uh, sin offerings that are sprinkled inside the Kodesh. 
uh, that they are they uh, so they are not edible. Now we know they have to be uh, burnt. Fine, so a burning is good. Uh, we have that right. But how about the lo te'achel? Why do I need to say lo te'achel? This is redundant beforehand. Uh, Rabbi Yoshua was saying that Eshti Saref is redundant because we have it in these Pesukim uh, already. But now we're saying we rejected that. But now we're saying, no, that we know. Lo is redundant, right? Because if I have to burn it, then obviously I can't eat it. Well, maybe you want a specific prohibition about uh, not eating. I just have that. That's what Rabbi Lazar just taught me. He learned that from this uh, from this pasuk, lo yachel, um, that this teaches me that this and any other kodashim that I cannot, that are pasul, I cannot eat. So since I have this, I already have a pasuk that tells me not to eat this sin offering. And so these words, lo te'achel, are redundant. You see, this explains the structure. This is why Abayed is not brought second, even though he's talking about the pasuk that we brought first. We bring this pasuk, and then we bring the one, this one from Yonah Natan. And now that we have that principle from by which we rejected it, we actually use the rejection of B in order to come back to A um, by saying, Lo I know that I cannot eat this already from this pasuk, so this pasuk is extra. And so now I can transfer it over to Yisur Chametz. And even though it's talking about eating, I already know I can't eat Chametz, must be talking about something else. So it must be talking about not receiving benefit. And then same thing, are you going to also derive that you have to burn anything that I cannot benefit from? That also we're borrowing from B, uh, that uh, B says only, only notad and other things like it, kodashim, you, you have to burn, but anything else uh, you don't have to burn, you just cannot derive benefit from it. All right, so, so far so good. Now we have, uh, we resolved all the problems, right? Well, almost. So he said, it tells it out, no, your proof is not good enough. Um, how do we know that the sin offering itself cannot be eaten? You can't derive it just from the fact that it says to burn it because that's just a positive commandment. So if I eat it, what am I, uh, violate a specific negative? Okay, so you told me I'm going to learn it from this pasuk, lo yachel. Fine, but that's a generality. And you don't punish someone for something that I learned from a generality, a general rule, right? This lo yachel is talking about all sin offering, all, all kodashim, uh, all holy, holy uh, meat that becomes pasul, I can't eat. But that is just a general that I'm applying to this specific. So you can't give a punishment for that. I can only punish someone if uh, there is a specific verse that is only to that. And so therefore, in order for there to be a punishment for this kind of hatat, I need these words for their current context. Sorry, they're not extra. No extra key here. You got to keep looking. Okay, finally, Ela Amadav Papa, Okay, let's see the original Pasuk in Vayikra 7. So this is now Rav Papa. He's going to learn it from here. It says, any meat that touches something Tameh. So now this holy, the sacrificial meat becomes Tameh. Can't eat it, 
לא יאכל, באש יישרף, and you have to burn it. Basar kol tahor yochal basar. We're going to come back. We're going to come back to this just as a tangent later on. Uh, what this and as for the meat, if it's holy, if it's pure, then you can eat it. Okay. But right now we're talking about impure meat, meat that became tameh. So we have a double language: don't eat it, and it should be burned. Now, from the fact that I have to burn it, I would know I can't eat it. But that's only uh, from a positive. I want a specific negative commandment. So Lo Yachel would tell me that specifically this, I cannot eat. Uh, so in that sense, I might need it for its context. But here's the thing. Regarding impure food, I already have another pasuk that's talking about impure holy food itself. And that, I could learn it from a Kabachomer. The Kabachomer is from Maaser Sheni in Devarim, at the end of Devarim, right? Maaser Sheni, this is um, uh, uh, a tenth of my produce that I bring during the first, second, fourth, and fifth year of the Shemitah, and I bring it to Jerusalem and I can eat it myself, but it has to be in Jerusalem. It has, uh, has holiness to it. Uh, when, I, when I do bring it, I have to say a, a, a speech. I have to give this little confession, uh, this Vidui Maaser, and in it we say, I have not removed it while impure, while, while, I, while I, I, I am impure. So you see that we learn that things, this is something that has a low level of holiness, right? Everyone can eat it just anywhere in Jerusalem, and yet it cannot be consumed when impure. So all the more so, Kodesh, which is much more stringent, Obviously, that could not cannot be consumed when it's impure, and this would be a specific pro. It's not a specific prohibition regarding kodashim, but we learn deriving it from a kavachomer from a specific uh, prohibition. So, shouldn't that be good enough? I know what you're thinking. and mazirin min hadin. And you're going to say, you cannot punish someone. You cannot uh, warn someone. You need a warning and then a punishment. You cannot give a uh, punishable warning just with a, with a deen, with a kalvachomer. The reason is, even though we sometimes we think of kalvachomer as being very straightforward, right? You know, if I can lift 100 pounds, and certainly I can lift 50 pounds, but sometimes uh, kalvachomer can be kind of tricky and use very subtle uh, details, and sometimes it can be reversed the other way. So um, since it's based on human reason, and human reason is not always perfect, so therefore we're not going to punish someone. We can learn laws, but we can't pu- learn punishable laws uh, from a kalvachomer. And so you say, Sorry, this kavachomer not good enough. Um, however, I have something else here. Hekeshahu. It's also hekesh where I compare two things together. In Devarim Yudbet, when it's talking about centralization and saying you can't make korbanot anywhere you want, it mentions in the same pasuk the maaser and bekarecha, um, so holy, uh, the, the holiness of maaser and the holiness of sacrifices like the bechor, since it matches, that puts them together, it says these two are equal. So I have more than a kavachomer, I actually have a kesh also. And therefore that is sufficient. The pasuk in Devarim is sufficient to tell me that uh, something that is holy, cannot I cannot eat when it's tameh. And so, right, uh, therefore, the pasuk back here, lo uh, yeachel, regarding sacrificial meat that becomes tameh is extra. Since I don't need it here, this will be the key that I can match up to the door of isure hana'a. Okay, good. 
סומת עמוד עמד לא יאכל, אם אינו עניין לגופות, אינו עניין לכל יישום שבתורה, אם אינו עניין לאכילת, אינו עניין להנאה. So, I'm going to take this, I'm going to apply it to, um, to uh, החמץ and שואן נסכל, and even though it says לא יאכל, I know that I can't eat those, so this is teaching me that I cannot benefit from it. Same, the same exercise. Now, imakan b'srefa, kol yisun shbatura b'srefa. Over here it says I have to burn this, uh, this uh, food that became tameh. Do I have to burn anything that is a subhana'a? Marker hanotar, hanotar b'srefa, en kol yisun shbatura b'srefa. That's one from B, right? We're applying that, that part of it here, again, that um, specifically notar, other things that are kodesh have to burn, but not anything else. I don't have to burn these. Okay, now a challenge to this, um, to this source. Wait a second. Why not leave this loyachel right where it is in this context? And this will tell you that you violate two things, right? Two, uh, two, two negative, negative commandments. And if, you know, if for each one you get 40 lashes, then you'll get 80 lashes. Um, and we find other places where this happens as well. Uh, if someone eats this little uh, snail, then they get flogged for four sets of floggings. Why? Well, it's a, it's a, it is a sheketz. It's a, it's a, a creepy, crawly creature. And there are two pesukim, uh, or, or one pasuk that says it twice, and that pasuk that says don't eat those. So that's two right there for any sheketz. And then furthermore, um, there are two more pesukim that talk about uh, things that are in the water. If it doesn't have fins and scales, doesn't have the signs, then um, do not eat, do not eat. So uh, one in Vayikra, one in Devarim. So now we have four pesukim that tell me not to eat snails. And I don't say they're redundant. I just add on more punishments. And uh, how about if you eat um, an ant? That's even worse. If you have a choice between a snail and an ant, go with the snail. Because an ant, you get five sets of Mbalkut. Uh, how do we get five? Well, the, the, the two base ones, that's for any Sheretz. And then in addition to that, because it's not a water animal, but a land animal, there are three Pesukim that say um, anything on land, any creepy crawly on land is prohibited. Uh, 1141, 1142, 1144. So that's, uh, there you go, five uh, for eating an ant. But that's not even the worst. If you eat a hornet, uh, you get all those five that we said before, the two base ones for any sheditz, the three more for anything on land, even though it flies, it's uh, flies on land, but there's yet another one for flying insects. So that's number six. So that's where you know, really want to avoid eating hornets. Um, okay, so just, you know, just like here, uh, we have multiple prohibitions, right, to show just how bad this is. So too, regarding the impure meat, we could take this pasuk and say, uh, meat that, holy meat that's impure, do not eat it. And I know you can already compare it to ma'asir sheni, which is also holy. And that, that, if that's tameh, you can't eat it. And so that would be one prohibition. And why do I need this? That would be, so, be two prohibitions. So why don't you say, I need it for its context and use it here rather than transfer it to somewhere else. The answer to that is another important rule. Uh, he says, if this is another rule, if we have a choice uh, between using a pasuk to add on another prohibition on something we already know is prohibited, or to use to derive as a midrash something that we don't didn't know yet, 
So we're going to use it for a new prohibition rather than a, uh, an added second prohibition on something that we already know. All right, and this question, and this answer stands. And so uh, we've resolved uh, uh, a whole new uh, um, a whole new strategy for deriving isurehana. On the way, we learned really a lot of important principles regarding uh, regarding midrash halacha. So this is uh, quite an important sugya. Um, and and the truth is, these comparisons are very relevant because. Um, uh, regarding all the things that just says lo yachel, all these other all those other list of eleven items we had before, it never says explicitly that you can't derive benefit from that from in, in those cases. But kodashim, right? All these holy things, these are a good analogy. You can't eat them. You can't derive benefit. You have to burn them. So this actually is a pretty good uh, source if we want to bring a comparison to other things like hametz. All right, very good. Um, now that I said that, I'm just thinking out loud that, you know, chametz we're bringing as part of the, no, masa we're bringing as part of the sacrifice. Chametz we have to get rid of because you can't be an, as part of any sacrifice. So, all right, it's not like the chametz is, uh, is actually itself um, like Kodashim, uh, but rather from the extraneous pesukim. Okay, good. Now, what we're going to do is, because we mentioned this pasuk here um, uh, regarding uh, we're going to just uh, explain what this might mean that as for the flesh, if it, as long as it's pure, you can eat it. Uh, what is that talking about? So, okay, so the, the uh, beginning of the verse, 719, it's actually the end of the verse. I don't know. Uh, why do I need that? Oh, it's coming to include other things um, like, um, uh, sorry. No. Oh, sorry. Okay, this is what it is. Okay. Um, the word bechol in the beginning of the verse, um, what is that coming to include? What else can become tameh besides the meat? It's coming to include the firewood and the, the levona, the spices, the incense, that even though these are not edible items, if they become tameh, then they, uh, they, 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 can, they can become tameh. Usually things that are not food, right, don't become tameh, but these are susceptible to tumah, even though they're not food, and that's what the word bechol is coming to include. Good. Now, the rest, the end of the verse. Why do we need the end of the verse that says, it comes to include something that is pure? Um, this comes to include the, the, the parts of the sacrifice, the insides that I, or that I um, sacrifice on the, on the Mizbeach. Um, they also have, even though they're not usually eaten, they're not quite edible, but they will have the status of something edible of meat, and therefore they are also susceptible to ritual impurity. Um, okay, and therefore if someone does uh, eat them uh, when they're impure, then he will get a punishment. Uh, okay, emurin. Hold on, do, do I, am I going to learn that from that pasuk in Vayikra? I have another pasuk later in that same perek, the Tanya. Right, someone who eats uh, from uh, right, those, um, and this says it comes to include emurin. Um, and the, the rest of the pasuk is if he's uh, impure, right, then he gets karet. And so, look, we have a, we have a pasuk already that we learned that it comes to include those 
parts that are not usually in that are sacrificed, that they also have the same, they can receive ritual impurity. So we answer, Hatam tumat haguf bekaret, hacha tumat basar belav. Piskima talking about different situations. The second one is talking about if the person, if I am impure and I eat it, then it's the, the punishment is karet. This pasuk was talking about if I am tahor and I eat meat that became tameh, then uh, that's prohibited, and that would only be in uh, um, uh, lav. And so it's talking about two two scenarios, and that's why you need to learn both. There are different levels of severity too. All right, good. Amar Abu, Amar Yochanan. Okay, Rabbi Abu, our friend from way from all the way back, he had the other shita, but now he's going to talk about some other things in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. Important principle that um, we only get a punishment if you eat these prohibited items in the Torah, if you eat them as in a normal way, how they're the way that they're normally eaten. Uh, you know, we saw this concept in Shabbat. You only violate, you only get punished for Shabbat if you, uh, you know, if you light a fire the way it's usually done, not in a, a different way. Uh, okay, that was specific to laws of Shabbat because of, um, it has to be something that you intend to do. But um, a similar concept applies here. So what are some examples? What would be an example of unusual eating? You take chelev. That's prohibited fat of the animal, and you and you eat it uh, and you eat it uh, raw. Okay, nobody, few people eat raw fat. The raw fat. That's a, a abnormal way of eating. Usually, you'll cook it, right? You'll use it for the soup or something, but you don't just swallow a gob of uh, a glob of, of of fat. And therefore, if you do, even though it's prohibited, patur, there's no punishment for that. Okay, that's one version of the teaching and the name of Rehavu, the name of Rehachanan. Ikada Amre, another version of that same teaching. He wasn't talking about uh, eating in a usual way, but rather benefiting from it also in a usual way. You're not punished if you benefit from something you're not allowed to benefit from if you do it in in an abnormal way. Like, if I have a wound and I need some uh, like Vaseline to, to, uh, to smooth over the wound, um, if I take some fat from an ox that was stoned, this is something I cannot derive benefit from. Now, what do you usually do with fat? Uh, they would uh, usually burn it as, as fuel to make, uh, to make light. It's pretty unusual to use it as uh, as a, as a, for med- medication. So therefore, if that's the way you use it, then patur. And in this version, we're going to say for sure, we know it's even more abnormal than using fat for medicine, eating fat raw, right? And since that's even more unusual, then for sure that they that would also be patur. Good. Um, a couple of statements that back up this that teaching. This is the same thing. If you put fat on your uh, that you can or prohibited fat 
on your um, makkah, not just prohibited, but from shor niskal, which is prohibited from benefit, uh, then patur, because that's not the way people usually use it. Amar bi'zera, afanana metenena, en sofgin et arba'in mishum orla. We have here a hint to Chanukah from the word sofgin. Sofgin is, uh, means to absorb. You don't absorb 40 lashes, but it also comes as so the word sefog, the word sufganiya. Uh, comes from this uh, this word, sefog, is kind of like a spongy cake, so sufganiya. And uh, ironically, the word sefog itself comes from the Greek word sponge. You can even see, right, even in English, um, you see those uh, those letters. So ironically, the uh, the uh, the typical Hanukkah food in which we celebrate the uh, uh, defeat of the Greeks is actually a Greek word. Okay, um, but that was just a Dafyomi current events connection. So, Sofgin et Arbaim Mishum Orla, Ela, and Sofgin Arbaim Mishum Ela al Hayosimin Hazetim, Minah Navim, Bilvad. So, this Braita says that you, uh, for Orla, right, anything that's, that grows in the first three years of a tree, you, you do not get 40 lashes except um, some juice that comes from olives and grapes. So if you have some olives and grapes and a little uh, juice oozes out and you benefit from them, you use them, then you do get lashes, um, but only those, not other fruits. If it's from berries or figs or pomegranates and a little juice oozes out and I benefit from what, some of that juice, no, I don't get, I don't get a punishment. Why? My tama la mishum de lav kachilu derechanaan. Perhaps it's because it's the unusual way regarding olives and grapes. The usual way that we use uh, that we derive benefit from it is from their juice, right? They're they're kind of grown for their juice. Their olive oil and wine is much more valuable than uh, than the olives and grapes themselves. But for regarding other fruits. Um, in those days, they would eat them, right? They would very rarely squeeze them into juice. And so therefore, uh, um, um, benefiting from the juice is an unusual way. And so this would seem to be another proof for the Biochanan's law, but we reject this. If you were contrasting the juice with the actual fruit, then I would say, yes, you're right, this would be a good proof. But here we're not talking about the, 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 the fruit, that, the, the juice that comes out, but rather it's just a little moisture, just a little bit that oozes out. And so that little bit is not even considered uh, fruit juice at all. It's considered nothing. Regarding olives and wine, that they're so precious, even that little bit is considered something significant. And so that would be a violation of Orla. But regarding other fruit, um, that, that, uh, that moisture that comes out, is not considered anything. So it's not because it's an unusual way, it's just not even not even defined as part being part of the fruit at all. All right, good. And so that will we'll, we'll end here for, for today. Um, and uh, tomorrow we're gonna go on to other things like Kilea Kedem and very important uh, question of Basab Echalav, which as we know is a Surbana'a and we'll discuss that as well. Baruch Adonai Lolam, Amen ve